Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Previously, on a new winter, I managed to find my way back to the Bell Hotel and took the time to get some seriously needed shut-eye not knowing that the next day would bring about one of the most curious days of my entire life. This is episode 62 and the final episode of A New Winter. I awoke to a ringing sound in my ear and slowly tried to open my eyes but found it painful to do so because of a bright, piercing blue light that seemed to be engulfing everything around me and then, just like that, it was over. I looked out the window but it was calm, as if nothing had happened, making me feel more anxious than ever. Was I alone in this town? Where was everyone? I headed down to what was the police station The roads were empty, the station itself empty as well. What had happened? I tried the phones and calling up any number I could, but it would just ring out. I tried a random arrangement of numbers, even the talking clock, but nothing. Clearly there was a system in place here. My mobile was now getting no signal whatsoever. I was in complete lockdown. Was I really going to help these strange hooded people? Could I even do it if I wanted to? I still wanted to drive out, but I couldn't help but think something would happen to me before I could even get anywhere. I walked up to the main desk and turned on the computer, and on the desktop sat several folders containing information on the town. In fact, there was a huge amount here, dating back hundreds of years, all within some kind of makeshift database. I found out what I could about the Stockwells and Father Tim in particular, about his marriage to Lauren, his mental health problems the death of their first daughter, Sandra, the subsequent births of their other children, and finally their demise. The man, Tim Stockwell, sounded like a psychopath. Grahams had made many notes to sit alongside the research that it looks like she had done. Religious fanatic, 
multiple reports of abusive behaviour and sexual misconduct, the death of his daughter seemed rather strange in itself. He'd abducted a twin boy, imprisoned him in some kind of hut in the middle of the woods against his will, a moment of insanity that might have been due to his own twin brother dying so young. It all just seemed rather weird. Alongside it, I began to read about Mr Tooley, but there was little on offer here. He seemed much more of an enigma. There was even less on Michael Verdun. I also found a file simply named Boy X. It must have been this this creature that I'd seen kill Grahams, the boy everyone was talking to me about. It told a woeful story of abuse and hardship, an unhealthy obsession with women, and was kept up to date with the fact the boy was slightly obsessed with Kate Stockwell and her friends. Apparently, he'd been searching for this Jackie up until recently. It was all here, everything. Someone had clearly been updating the files since Grahams had died. Maybe it was the other policeman, perhaps, keeping tabs on everyone, I would imagine. Then, as I delved further, I saw a horrible series of surveillance photos of a man in his 50s and a woman dressed in a full-body leather outfit. And they were in a, well, compromising situation. From the accompanying notes, I could see the man was apparently Tim Stockwell and the woman, Jackie Fair. They'd been having some strange affair. I guess it's what they called a sub-dom thing. I saw more and more photos of the couple and the woman under the mask, and it was indeed Jackie. I dug around a bit further to find out more about her and saw that she died, murdered in fact, in a hotel room by a girl called Sophia. Then her files were linked to Ian Reynolds and then his brother Jack. I ventured even further into this hole of information until a loud ringing almost shook me out of my skin. It was the phone. I looked around and there was no one else here so... I picked it up, cautiously. Hello? He's here, a male voice answered. It was the man from the woods, the leader. He's come back. He's come back as... as Tim Stockwell. This might work to our favour. He's at his mother's old house. This is your chance. And then he hung up. A group of policemen at that very moment entered, shouting... Just general rowdiness. But they stopped when they saw me. What are you doing here? One of them asked. I straightened my back slightly. My job, I said back. They stared at me, then one another, and gave a little laugh. (laughs) Your job, the man replied. And what is that exactly? Well, I'm I'm gonna find Tim Stockwell. He's dead, mate, the man replied. Looks like you're a bit behind. Seems almost everyone's dead here, eh? Why not just have a drink and enjoy yourself? No, he's he's not dead. He's come back. It's, It's this boy. The policemen stopped laughing and looked at one another. Look, we don't want any more to do with this, the man said to me. With Tootie gone, we're just going to go with the flow. But if what you're saying is true, then I think you're going to need some help. We'd like to have a go on the bastard. We'll get out there and help you find him, sir. I smiled. All right, sounds good. They nodded and walked back outside. And suddenly, I didn't feel quite so alone. 
If Mr. Stockwell had truly gone back home, then I needed to catch him there. But I didn't want to just show up unannounced. I called the number for the house he grew up in. It was ringing, and didn't take too long before someone answered. Hello? I heard a male voice answer. Was this truly him? The creature everyone was so afraid of? Hello, is this a Stockwell residence? I asked. Stockwell? The voice answered. Oh shit, I thought. Did I have the wrong number? Or perhaps he was messing with me. I had to have a valid excuse for calling, so I'd better to keep it a semi-truth, I thought. Yes, this is Inspector Crawley. I'm dealing with a case of Michael Verdun. He's gone missing, and I've come to believe that he was looking for you. This being somewhat true. Why would he be looking for me, said the voice. Ah, so you do know the man. No, no, I didn't say that. I'm just wondering why anyone would come looking for me. Well, I took a deep breath. With the murder of his father and all, and with the other murders happening here, I guess he thought you and him might have something in common. There was a silence. Had I said too much? Well, I haven't seen him. I had to make a reason to keep him there, to come and see him. This was risky enough as it was. I decided to be firm. It's just... It's just I find it slightly hard to believe. You seem to be connected to everyone here in some way, shape or fashion. All what's been happening here in this town is connected to you. In more ways than one, I thought. It's nothing to do with me, he snapped back. None of it is. Just leave me alone. This was going south, quickly. Well, would it be okay if I came round to ask some questions? I won't be long. I could be there in half an hour, if that's okay with you. I'd made the jump. It was now or never. Sure, come down, he replied, and a wave of relief washed over me. This was it. This is going to have to be me trying to feel him out, see if I could somehow get a rise out of him, pull on this stock wheel thread. I don't know why this was down to me, but something inside me told me this was the right thing to do, that I had to do this. In hindsight, it might have just been a fleeting sense of worth, of belonging, of of something that makes me think there's more out there, more to life, more to this existence, that maybe I can be a hero. And I got the same feeling I did when I signed up to the police force. Maybe I can make a change. What was I to make of the phone call? To me, he seemed quite with it over the phone. Perhaps there was nothing to worry about. Maybe I didn't really have to do that much. In any case, I went down there straight away and rang the doorbell. A man in his mid-fifties opened the door, and it was him, Tim Stockwell, the man from the photos with Jackie. I wondered if this was just a cruel trick that was being manipulated somehow, the idea of a boy also being the same person in front of me as if he's, as if he's physically changed. I just, I just couldn't get my head round it. I looked him over. He was wearing jeans and a baggy T-shirt, which made him look rather ill more than anything. His face looked drawn, his eyes slightly glazed over and sat underneath a heavy brow, one that held a face that felt sinister to behold. I couldn't help but think there was an evil there, and to be honest, I was terrified, and yet didn't really know why. He looked innocent enough. But what if he truly was that creature I'd seen only a couple of nights ago? Would I even survive this encounter? I hesitated at the door, 
Could I make a run for it? No. I felt like I had to finish this, that I needed to finish this. Inspector Crawley, I introduced myself, a slight lump in my throat, and held out my hand. His grip was tight, asserting his power, clearly, not that I needed to be reminded of it. Please come in, he said. Tea? Please? I need it for my nerves, I thought. But I cannot show any sign of fear. He'll cotton onto it immediately. I looked around. There's no sign of anyone else. Just you, is it? I asked. Uh, yes, yes. My mother died a long time ago. I nodded and looked around. The place looked like no one had set foot in it for decades. Needs a bit of a hoover or something, I suggested. Bit of a makeover. Looks like it's been years since anyone's done anything to it. My wife, actually, she... I was jabbering on before Stockwell thankfully interrupted me. Otherwise, I would have had to make up something about my imaginary wife. What would you like to know, Inspector Crawley? He asked. I laughed and kept my cool. I asked him about Michael and showed him the picture I had on file. I gave him the story and hinted at the murders, but he didn't show any signs at all. In fact, he felt rather cold. I told him about Michael's cancer, how they were seen together. He was faltering and was starting to get angry. How far should I even push him, I thought. I wondered about asking about his family, Lauren or Kate, but wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if that would just get him angrier. So I quizzed him about Jackie. Made use of the last minute info I just caught up on. I could see that I'd touched a nerve mentioning Jackie. I probed deeper, but he became restless and I could see his demeanour begin to change. I planted the seed, I thought. Perhaps Jackie was the way to go. Really set off that darker edge to him. Maybe he actually really liked her. No, it's more sinister than that. She was his daughter's friend, after all. It was sick. Makes me sick even now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, with a fake smile, I gave him my card with my albeit now a useless number on, and gave him my condolences on his family. The weird thing being that he seemed to be shocked by me talking about it, as if as if he didn't know what I was talking about. I left, and within two minutes, one of the hooded men appeared from within a small alleyway and grabbed me by the arm. 
In here, he said, and pulled me into the alley before taking off his hood. Well, he said. Well, Jackie might be the way to go. <sighs> Damn it! The man smacked his hand against the brick wall. The boy within him is still strong. Even with this change, he manages to cling on. No, I said. No, I think... I think it may be both of them. I think one had perhaps real feelings for her, a real sense of doing the right thing, and the other, the Stockwell part, is just something darker there, something not right. If you want to pursue the Stockwell angle, then, then maybe his carnal lust for Jackie might be the way to go. Maybe it'll make something snap. I mean... You've got both options, if you go that way. The man thought for a second and shook his head. I can't see it. There's no use, we... We'll have to kill him. To be safe. I don't think we can reason with this creature in time. And there's no telling when he will fully give himself up to Bob. Wait, quick! The man pulled me further into the alley, and we peeked out to see Stockwell emerge from the house, gasping for breath. Is he all right? He's losing it, the man said. You need to keep an eye on him, and when his guard is down, kill him. Do you have a gun? Well, I... Here. And the man handed me a small pistol. Don't think, just do it. And with that, he was gone. I kept an eye on Stockwell, my head scrambling to work out what I should be doing. And soon saw a taxi pull up and he got in. Damn it, I thought. And when it started to drive off, I quickly made a beeline for my car, hopped in and started after them. After a little while... It pulled over near a pub, and Stockwell jumped out and into the forest. I parked at the nearby pub and tried to follow the trail. Unfortunately, it didn't take long for me to get lost. I looked from left to right, but everywhere was the same. I would never have had this problem in the city, yet here I was, wandering around like an alien visiting planet Earth. I felt like I'd been wandering around for hours when I heard a gunshot in the distance. Quickly, I ran towards the noise, but... After a while I thought I'd lost my way again until I came across a small house. Who was living here? I thought. Wait, I recognised this house from the painting in the hotel room. The one I'd... I'd imagined. Was this where he'd kept the boy all those years ago? This horrible old cabin? Then a shiver ran down my spine as right next to the little house was a figure. Hello? I shouted. Is someone there? The figure stopped. It heard me. Then, from almost out of nowhere, I noticed flames rising from the house. Jesus, I muttered, and ran as fast as I could. The figure had escaped into the trees, but I needed to make sure no one was still alive in there first. As I reached the front of it, I noticed that the snow had little to no effect on the blaze by this point. Is anyone in there? I screamed into the pillar of smoke emanating from the front door. I listened out, but heard nothing. Is anybody in there? I tried again. Still nothing. I went around to the other side of the house and tried there, but still nothing. And then, through a collapsed wall, I noticed a room full of photos, boxes and piles of paper, all burning, and with them a body. Whether he'd been killed beforehand or killed in the fire, I didn't know, but it was too late regardless. I stood there, watching the house crumble in front of me, and strangely, I felt a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And I did not know why. I focused my attention back to the figure I saw running off, was it Stockwell? I couldn't be sure. Why had he set fire to this building? Was it because of that room? And the body? Or was it more than that? The night was now drifting in. There wasn't much time left. I moved quickly. I had to find him and then... And then decide his fate. 
and ran through the trees, sprinting as best I could through the snow, looking back at the flames licking at the night sky, until I heard a piercing scream. I rushed towards the source, unsure of what I would find, but running nonetheless, and in a small clearing with a couple of tents, I saw a young, semi-dressed couple holding onto a limp figure. It's okay, I said. It's police. What's happened? We don't know. He's dead. The girl was crying hysterically. We think we may have heard him running in that direction, towards the farmer guessing. Please stop him. Do you see who it was? Anything? I don't know. It's just some old white guy. It's almost pitch black out here. Okay, stay here. Don't go anywhere. I'll call for backup. The farm? Could it be? Onwards I ran until... Until I broke out from the trees and saw where I was. The Stockwell farm. And standing right there was Tim Stockwell. I managed to get closer without him seeing me. He seemed to be as if in a trance, a daze of some sort. He was swaying slightly from side to side. Mr Stockwell, I said, slowly walking up to him, my gun poised just in case. Are you okay? Yes. Yeah, I think so, he answered, unmoving. Had something snapped in his brain? Had this worked? Was he becoming more... human? Do you remember what happened, Mr Stockwell? I asked. Yes, it... It wasn't me, though, he said. I nodded. You're ill, Mr Stockwell. Very, very ill. I need to take you in, ask you a few questions. But... But this doesn't make any sense. I'm so confused, he said. And I looked at Tim Stockwell. He was clearly a mess, a psychopath. But at this moment, he looked somewhat ashamed. Perhaps going back to the scene of the crime had knocked something loose in there. It would be a while before any kind of backup would arrive, especially in this weather. While he was calm, I had to talk him down. He'd already murdered two people in as many hours. So I knew he wouldn't think twice before coming at me and trying to snap my neck. Tim, I said. Is this Tim? Yes, the man said. I mean, I must be, but but I don't feel like I am. The boy, I thought. Maybe there is hope. Maybe I can still reason with him. You're... (laughs) It's hard to explain, but you're... You're like a melting pot, a mixture of people from within this town. You're... You're a creation. Then they were right, he said. I really am a monster. You're not a monster. You're a result of everything and everyone around you. They've made you this way, but you still have the chance to do something, to put everything right. It's not too late. But how? And I put my gun down. You. You just need to... Then from out of nowhere came the hooded men. Their leader stepped forward. What you need, brother, he said is a quick death. No, I shouted back. There must be another way. Can't you see? He's still... He's still hearing me. He's still a boy in there. He's a demon, the man replied. He'll consume everything. Baba is in there. And he's more powerful than you can ever imagine. We need to end this here and now. I... I can't let you do that. I won't. And I pulled up the gun. The other hooded figures started moving towards me. I whipped my gun from one to the other. Stay back, I shouted at them. Stay back or I'll shoot. I knew you wouldn't have the guts to go through with it, he said. See these men around me? They are fearless. 
None of these men deserve to even be alive, and you think death frightens them. They drew closer and closer to me. Keep back, I'm warning you. And as they started to converge on me, I could feel my hands shaking, my voice whimpering, and I closed my eyes, my finger tightening on the trigger, ready to shoot until... The scream was suddenly unleashed into the night sky, then another, and another, and as I slowly opened my eyes, I noticed Tim Stockwell was just standing there, but black goo was emanating from his skin, and had begun to overwhelm my attackers. In fact, it was absorbing them. From around me, it was as if they were being slowly inhaled by this black liquid, like quicksand. I could see the leader, his eyes wide with fear. Help, he said, reaching out to me. I tried to grab him, but it was useless. The force was too strong. This, this is not death. This is worse, he said, as he was finally swallowed up into, well, what I believed was Tim Stockwell. I looked at the man, the black goo having dissipated back into his body from whence it came. I was shaking, sweating. I was almost crying. I think he might have been right, Stockwell said. I think you have to kill me, he said. I've taken on too much. There's something within me rising up. I can feel it. I can, I can hear it. I can taste it. If you don't kill me now, I don't know what can stop me. I hesitated. I was a quivering mess. I... I don't... It all started here, you know, he interrupted. I know I'm Tim Stockwell, but... I only remember so much from his past, but... I could still feel what he felt. And... He loved Lauren. Or he used to, anyway. But Kate... She must have meant something to me. To the real me, the original me. And really... I think it's her that's kept me, me, throughout all of this. But, and I shot him through the back of his head and I saw him drop to the floor. But as I did so, the black goo just started pouring out of the wound in his head and didn't stop. Suddenly it spread, slowly at first, then exploding into the night sky like lava from a freshly erupted volcano and as I looked around, I could see it, soaking in the snow. The trees, the farm, the sky, everything, it just wouldn't stop. All that, all that white just turning into black, to darkness. And then I could feel it swallowing me up. I could feel the village around us, the souls within it, screaming in pain. And then, as a chorus, their voices rising, together, in one note, one pitch. I could feel everyone I'd met. Dubridge, Grahams, Tooley, and others I hadn't. Shopkeepers, mothers, dancers, hitmen, rich, poor. It just didn't matter. We'd found ourselves as one within the darkness, an inner peace. And when that peace finally was found, we all stopped. And that's all I remember. That was it, just black. Gray.
Great. Well, I think that's all we need. You can rest for the moment, Inspector Crawley. Guys, could you take him to his room, please? Did you hear that? What? How he sounded just then. Look. Look at him. He's acting all weird, shaking and stuff. Something happened just then, when he finished. We should take him to the medical room. Get extra guards there or something. Fine. Mike, can you take subject to medical, please, and have him looked at? Take some extra support down with you as well. Well? What did you think? Of what he said? I mean, that's it. All this time, and that's all he remembers of the incident. But come on, Charlie, this is the furthest we've got to the actual cause of what happened. By the sound of what he's saying, there seems to have been some... some kind of outbreak or something. Lucky we burnt it all to the ground years ago, then. But didn't you think it's weird that this place was so isolated, so remote, that no one has asked any questions? No one. From anywhere. For a whole town. Not no one. Officially, 27 people have been missing that had apparently ventured there. I thought it was 28. Well, we found Crawley. But he's the only one that an official missing persons report was issued for. The rest, no one cared about. We only know that number because we looked into it. It could be hundreds for all we know. What do you want me to say? Look, I'm agreeing that it's weird and there's probably some cult that lived there back in the day, but I think they've all up sticks and gone somewhere else leaving this doped up copper in a right mess stuck up in an abandoned tower and somehow, now, he suddenly wakes up almost two decades later and he's all chatty. I've had to talk him into doing this in the first place, but he should tell us what happened like he's reading out of a book so that he doesn't get wind of what we're actually doing here. It's all the rage now, I said. You know how much I'm going to get bollocked about this. Don't worry, I said. Operation Winter is a dead cert. We'll soon get answers, because you told me to say that. Now I'm going to look like a right twat. We can't put him in front of the bosses with all this bullshit, and anyway, what if this split personality thing is all bollocks and... Dissociative Identity Disorder. What? Dissociative Identity Disorder. Don't worry, carry on. What if it's all bollocks, and he just murdered everyone? and hid the bodies so carefully that... Or he manufactured this virus thing. Or drug, and it kills people, and decomposes the bodies really quickly. I don't know. Have you noticed he doesn't seem to have aged at all whilst he's been here? Well, I'd probably look the same if I was left alone to sleep for about 20 years. It's probably a positive side effect from what happened at the incident, no? But, I don't know. Maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. What do you mean? I don't know. Something doesn't sit right. Why wake up now? What changed? Well... What is it? Charlie, is there something you're not telling me? The team found something on the last routine sweep of the town. And? George will kill me if I say... Charlie! Fine, but you can't make out that you know. Know what? We found... We found a secret door in the bottom of a basement in one of the houses and... And what? They reported opening it to see three large white orbs and then a blue light that... that blinded them. Then, at the same time, here, our friend woke up. And behind the door? Where are the orbs? Vanished. Nothing but a concrete room. The orbs are just... 
disappeared. They've gone over the room a hundred times now, but nothing. That coincides with what he was saying. The blue light. Look, we don't know whatever really happened. Maybe we never will. Maybe the real question is, how come out of everyone, he survived? Wait, do you hear that? Yes. Yes, I do. What is it? Oh, God. What? What if what he said is real? That he was absorbed by this... this creature? That would mean... Mean what? That... maybe... Maybe that's not just crawly in there. Maybe it's more... Hide! That was the final episode of A New Winter. I want to give a huge thanks to all our patrons who have supported this podcast over its entire run. You can still become a patron by going to patreon.com slash anewwinter and supporting the upkeep of the show or going to anewwinter.com and making a donation through our website. I want to thank my guest stars, Rich Keeble and Sarah Dias. This is the end for A New Winter, but remain subscribed to our channel where, in the near future... We'll be giving more details on a brand new, original podcast series where each episode will be its own self-contained short story. We'll be announcing this very soon, so please check our Twitter at A New Winter or Facebook.com slash A New Winter to keep updated. Remember, you can email us at A New Winter Podcast at gmail.com. Music was by We Talk of Dreams. Thank you, everyone, for listening to A New Winter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 